Have you ever wondered what was going on between the ears of your crush? Ever wondered where things are going with the guy you're dating? Are you dissatisfied with your love life? Are you happily attached but still want to improve things? If so, you have come to the right place. I am proud to share with you that your search is over. You are now listening to What Is He Thinking? What is he thinking? What is he thinking? The Dating and Relationship Podcast for the benefit of women from the perspective of men. And now, without further ado, your host, Alexander B. Stevens. What's going on? This is Alexander B. Stevens, back at it again for another edition of your favorite podcast, What Is He Thinking? Remember, you are now listening to The Authentic Male Perspective on Dating and Relationships. If you're listening to me on YouTube, go ahead, like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. I read all comments. If you're listening to me on your favorite podcast hosting platform, do me a favor, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and mosey your way on over to the Apple podcast page and leave a five-star review for your main man, Alexander B. Anyway, let's get on with the show. All right, for this week's show, we have a special guest, an in-studio guest, the very first female in-studio guest in the history of the podcast. No more Zoom, no more Riverside. COVID is almost over. I would like to introduce to my audience, Miss Liz. How are you doing, Miss Elizabeth? I'm doing well, Alexander. How about you this evening? Uh, not too bad. Another day, another piece of content that must be made. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast episode is entitled The Engagement. Ooh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I bet you guys wonder what we're going to talk about today. Well, before we get to the engagement, there's always a backstory. There's always a journey. There's always a road that must be traveled before a particular young lady reaches the penultimate point in her romantic life. So let's start from the beginning. You were born in a cold, wet, no, no, that's too far in the beginning. Let's, let's speed it up. Let's start <laughs> at the point where you have received that high school diploma. Talk to me about your love life, your romantic life. Did you have a high school sweetheart? I did. I had a high school sweetheart. Went to proms. Then I went off to college, and that changed a lot of things. And When you went to college, did you stick with this high school sweetheart, or did you leave him in your hometown? I left him in my hometown, but we still carried on the relationship probably my freshman year. But college expands your horizons, I'll say it that way, with dating options and I think too he wasn't necessarily someone my family approved of oh really so that also affected the relationship too I thought this was the 21st century where women don't care what their parents think about whoever they're dating depends on which women and I think it depends on their influence and I took some of the men in my family's advice and Taking some of the men in my family's advice helped me see things a little bit differently. And so 
the relationship ended. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Yeah, I haven't said this on the podcast yet, but at least I don't think I have. But I am a believer that it can't hurt if a woman uses the men in her family to help qualify, to help verify, to help check out these men that she's dating just so she can be sure that she's with the right person. Because I know this is from the mean patriarchy days, but from the beginning of time until maybe like 1980, there wasn't a woman on earth that could marry a man or date a man seriously unless she had the approval of the men of her family. So I feel like that might have worked out more than it didn't. So I'm a little confused why there's not too many women of today that follow that same practice. But I'm happy to know that you're not one of those women. So that's good stuff. So high school boyfriend, he's out of there. You're in college. You found some new meat. I mean, you saw some other gentlemen. Let's put it that way. Some more interesting options, some more educated options. And you decide to monkey branch to another guy or did you stay single or what happened? I was single for a while. I focused on school and focused on excelling there and then dated and I got into a relationship in college. Oh, really? It was uh, last year. When you were a senior? Yeah, going into senior year. Okay. All right. So senior year, you got you a college boyfriend. When you graduated, did you leave him at college and move on with the rest of your life? Or did y'all keep talking? What happened? We went our separate ways there. Immediately after graduation? Maybe about two or three months after graduation, yeah. Okay. What did he do wrong? I don't think any of us did anything wrong. I think we just weren't ready. And under the, some of the circumstances, well, I won't say circumstances. Some of the things we were facing, I think, distracted from the relationship. Things you were facing? Huh. Okay, I guess I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so you left college and the second love of your life and completely focused on your career or were you still looking for love or what was the next part of your journey, Miss Liz? So after I graduated college, I started to focus on my career, took some time there. I was kind of in a area where there weren't a lot of dating options. And so I wanted to expand that and I moved to Texas. Oh, really? So you moved to Texas. Okay. And there were better dating opportunities in Texas for you, I guess? Oh, I would say yes. There were better dating opportunities, social opportunities. There's lots of entertainment and just a better quality of life here. So yes, I picked up my things and moved and started my life in Texas. Okay, so did you move looking for love or did you move looking for a career? What was like the primary catalyst for this move? I would say the lack of dating opportunities did weigh heavily on the decision. But hold up, I thought you were a modern woman born after 1980. Why are you making decisions contingent upon a man? I don't understand. Why would you do such a thing? Especially a man you don't even have yet. This is just on the possibility of a man. I mean, I think the larger the area, the more opportunities you have. And you always want to make sure you have the best and optimal options in any decision or situation. Okay, so the more options, the better. But there is a point where there's too many options and it's diminishing return. And if audience, you would like to learn more about that, check out my podcast, The Biggest Problem with the Dating World Today. And I talk all about it. Anyway, back to this interview. <laughs> Oh, you didn't like that that midstream commercial there? You didn't like that? You thought it was funny? Or, uh, that was let's... a nice plug. I like it. <laughs> okay, let's get back to focus. <laughs> so, 
So your love life skyrocketed and you found the man of your dreams two weeks after moving to Texas and now we're to the engagement, right? That's what happened? Not quite. Not quite. Oh. Uh, I dated some and it took some time, I think, to really focus on what I wanted, what I needed, and eventually I got there. But I think I learned a lot along the way. I'll say that. You learned a lot along the way. Can you please share with my audience, especially the young ladies, maybe two or three of the lessons that you learned along the way in your journey to the ring, your journey to the engagement? I would say when you're dating, don't necessarily date all for looks. Don't date all for clout. Don't date just to date. Date with intention also. Don't be afraid to ask hard questions or questions that you want the answers to. And take some time to think about those types of things. I think nowadays we have so much information at our fingertips. Take time to research a little bit on relationships and what to look for, both red flags and the opposite of a red flag, what's a go. Green flag. Green flag, I guess. And really be focused and intentional about dating. I'd say to take the time to date, make time to date and make time to invest in your relationships and take them seriously. Take it seriously, dating. So you're telling me things just don't happen. You just don't live whatever life you want to. And the love of your life isn't just going to bump into you when you're picking oranges at the grocery store. Like you actually have to intentionally try to improve your love life and intentionally try to put yourself in position to find somebody you can spend the rest of your life with. Is that what you're telling me? Well, you can meet the love of your life at the grocery store while you're picking oranges. I mean, I would say too, any single ladies, you know, the grocery store after work is a good place to find potential boyfriends to husbands. But it's like anything else. It's work and it takes time to build a relationship and to strengthen it just and overall for it to grow into something bigger and better. Yes, I would agree with you. It does not happen overnight. It does not happen. There's parts of it that happens organically, but you have to place yourself in the right place to be selected or to be seen and to get an opportunity to meet someone. Uh, I see. So basically you're telling me that you have to work for love. Work for love. One of my episodes from season one. Go on ahead back in my catalog and check out that episode. Work for love for more explanation of what we're talking about here. How'd you like that second <laughs> that second plug right there in the middle of this conversation? How'd you like that? Was that better? <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay. Can't huh? blame a guy for trying, hey. That's right, that's right, Liz. Can't blame a guy for trying. So, these are the lessons you learned throughout your dating to be intentional, make time for it, take it seriously, don't be afraid to ask the difficult questions. What are some of these difficult questions? And do you ask it on the first date, the third date, the 10th date? Like how soon do you drop these deep questions? I would say dates two through seven. The other thing I would say about dates, just in general, give a guy more than one date. Don't go on one date and rule it out. Go for a second date. You may be surprised. I know a lot of times on the first date, you're typically, you may be nervous or unsure, but give it a second try and you may even want to give it a few more because sometimes it takes a little time to open up and to get there. But I would say asking some of these difficult questions on dates, maybe two through seven, two through 10 are really good and important because you collect data, which is what people say dating is all about. Yep. 
on someone and you can make a conscious decision or a good decision on whether or not to keep dating them or if they are husband potential, relationship potential first and then husband potential and later. But I would say, you know, not the first date. <laughs> don't make it an interview and don't make, you know, you want to have fun and you want to enjoy it and you want him to enjoy it too, because that's what it's also dating and relationships is also about being with someone you enjoy being around and like. So definitely keep that in mind. But I would say asking questions in the first like one to 10 dates, first two to 10 dates, dates two through 10. Okay, I see. This was where I was going to drop a third commercial, but I don't quite remember what episode I told women the only reason you shouldn't go on a second date is if you absolutely hate the first date. If it's mediocre or better, definitely go on that second date. The only reason you don't go on a second date is if the first date was a train wreck. And he says he's looking for a mistress because his wife doesn't put out and you're not looking to fill that role. <laughs> go, whoa, whoa. Go on ahead and not go out on the second day. You know what I'm saying? If he's, oh, if no. he's looking for something that's completely not what you're interested in, you can chunk him the deuces. But as long as the date was halfway decent, give him another try. You know what I'm saying? Because just like Liz said, he could loosen up. He could get more comfortable with you. You could get more comfortable with him. Y'all could actually really understand and get to know each other. And then you can make your evaluation after two or three dates if you want to go forward. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. All right. So enough with the life lessons. This podcast is entitled The Engagement, and you don't even have a boyfriend yet. So can you continue to please tell your story? How are we getting to the engagement? I'm confused. So you're into Texas. You learned some lessons or whatnot. Intentional, yada, yada, yada. Continue your story, please. So as I became more focused and intentional about dating, I met a really great guy and we continued to date and get to know each other, started to learn more about each other, and we are engaged. Y'all are engaged? We're engaged. Okay. When did he become your boyfriend? I feel like you're skipping steps. Like, do you have somewhere to go? Because <laughs> I booked matter. an hour with you and you're acting like you got somewhere to go. I need you the to focus. The rest doesn't matter. I'm engaged. I'm with the love of my life. Love of my life. You are my friend. Love of my life. With you, I can depend. Is that what you're talking about? That type of love? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, okay. All right. So the rest doesn't matter. You're now with the love of your life and engaged. Okay, well, happy ending to a story is, you know what I'm saying, what the ladies in my audience are looking for, so that's good stuff. But tell me this, you already gave us some like life lessons and stuff that you learned throughout your dating career or whatnot before you found the man that eventually proposed to you, but like, do you have any regrets? I mean, I know you love the man that you're with now and all that good stuff, but if you could go back in time and tell younger Liz, give her some tips, what would you tell 21-year-old you? I would say, I think I've gotten a lot better at it now, but patience is important. Like I said earlier, give it several dates. Don't just rule someone out on the first date, especially when you're young like that, you are still kind of finding your way and it may take time to get to a point where you both realize in the dating process that oh, this may be someone I may want to spend the rest of my life with. Let me give this a fair and a real try. So I would say that is 
probably one of the things I would tell my younger self. So, yeah, young women, men coming at them every day, twice a day, three times on Sunday. You feel like you have endless options. So at the first sign of a guy not being perfect, you can throw him in the trash because another one's coming like a train. You're saying don't have that mentality. But actually, if you're going to give a guy a chance, give him a real chance, two, three, four dates before you decide to rule him out. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Um... what else? I would say, too, and it's really hard when you're young, in your 20s, especially your early 20s, but try to think about where you want your life to be 10 to 15 years from now and ask yourself, what kind of man would support this, I don't want to say lifestyle, but support these 5, 10, 15-year goals of mine? And talk to also, I would say, talk to also women that are older than you that have kind of gone down that path and ask them how did it work out as far as their relationships, dealing with certain dynamics that affect the relationship based on that type of life or those goals that you're trying to achieve. Okay, so you're basically saying when it comes to your love life, begin with the end in mind. If you want to live in the suburbs, upper middle class, then dating the guy that's really hot but doesn't have a job is not the way that you're going <laughs> to, it's not the guy that's going to end up being your husband and it's not going to get you to that end point. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I know it's hard when you're that age, but I would encourage any young woman to speak with someone who's ahead of her and really any woman, like if there's somewhere you want to be, find someone who is there and pick their brain. Ask them what it's like. Ask them what a day, a month, a week, a year in the life is that they have that you aspire to obtain is like and what types of things you need in your life to thrive in it. Okay, so almost kind of like mentorship. It's more than for jobs. You can also find some mentors for your love life, right? I would say absolutely, yeah. I completely agree with that. I feel like people act like they're too good for mentors, whether it comes to school, work, or in their love life. One of my issues with people of today is everybody wants to try to figure everything out from scratch themselves. Everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel. When 75% of life has already been figured out for you, you just got to find the people that have the proper knowledge and wisdom to give you the answers. You don't have to do everything from scratch and figure everything out from zero. Well, and I, sometimes I wonder, too, a lot of people, if they're even trying to figure it out or if they're just kind of... Floating. Floating. Playing. Yeah. Gameless. Yes. And so with that, I think it's important to really sit down and like plan your life. Think about where you want to be. Yeah, like you, you want said, that promotion? You want to make six figures? You want that... Gucci bag, you want that Prada, right? Like that type of planning, right? No, not The that, important things? Not that type of planning. Oh. I mean, it's important if you desire a career and want that path, of course, have a plan for that. But also think about your personal life and your personal relationships as well and how you want those to be and what your expectations are. And not all expectations will be met in life, but I think if you have an idea of what you want and what you need, you can focus on that during the dating process. You have, it's kind of like going to the grocery store with a shopping list, mm. going in with intent and you're going into dating with the correct or the right intention. Well, I feel like in some of my previous podcasts, 
you know, I have said something about these ridiculous lists that uh, certain women have. So we want to refine that analogy or do you want to tell the women what type of things should be on the list and what type of things really aren't that important or what? Well, I would say, too, there's a general rule in life or a general rule a lot of people go by in the professional arena called the 80-20 rule where you're probably going to get 80% out of most things and there's 20% that you may never receive. And I think with that, as I do air quotes, shopping list for dating with your needs and wants included on that list, you need to prioritize on the list. What are my needs? What are my wants? Or what's a must have and what's a nice to have? Those types of things. Divide your list up that way. And as you look at the goals for 5, 10, 15, or your entire life, or like Alexander said, what is your end goal? And working backwards on what the years before the end, what takes place during that time, really think about what kind of man would support those goals. So basically what you're saying is preferences are not requirements. That sounds like a podcast I did in season one. Go ahead back in my catalog and check it out. Preferences not equal to requirements. That's right. I would say if you want to have a family, think about dating a man that's family oriented. Think about his character. But no, he has to be six foot though, right? That's the most important thing? Not necessarily. No, no. But no, no. As long as he has a six pack though. No. That makes a good father. A six pack, right? No. No? No. I would say, again, if you want a family, (laughs) you need to find someone or look for someone who is family oriented. If you think you want to be a stay-at-home mom, are you willing to go down in your lifestyle or do you need someone to support a certain lifestyle? What does that look like for you? Sounds like you're talking about settling. I mean, earlier you said something about 80% of what you want. Now you're talking about going down a lot. That sounds like settling to me. Not Explain necessarily. yourself. Not necessarily. I How think dare you tell my people to settle? I'm not telling them to settle. I think a lot of times <laughs> we date great people. And going back to what I said about few dates or you only go on one date or two dates and you move on. We have such a culture today. We cancel people so quick. Mm. I think giving things time to plant a seed, watch it grow, then it blossoms. There's not a lot of that. So I think taking that into consideration and giving more patience to the dating process is important. But going back to characteristics of a man you're trying to date or when you're building that quote unquote shopping list, we talked about family oriented, being him being family oriented, having great character. All right. Putting looks on, I would say, the back burner. How yeah. far back? Not that You gotta far be attracted back. to him, you right? You have to be attracted to okay, him. Okay, okay. Absolutely. But I don't think it's. And he has to be six foot, right? No. Eight pack? Perfectly tan? No. Haircut every week? Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, well. Okay, I'll give you every other week. It all depends. Right. Okay. It depends on, he might look great with the haircut every month, or you may need a haircut every week. Depends on the guy and all okay. of that. But getting back on track with what we were Sorry. <laughs> initially My talking fault. about. <laughs> I think, too, finding someone that is going to be there with you through whatever you go through in life is also important. 
being dependable? Can you depend on him? You know, is he reliable? I think those are some great, like, things to put on your list of a man you would like to date and possibly marry or potentially marry. But just thinking about some of the intangibles, like, what's his integrity like? Is he trustworthy? Can you confide in him? Because also intimacy is a part, a big part of relationships and having that trust to share and really be vulnerable with who you are. You want to do that with someone who can trust. So it sounds like, you know, intimate conversation and a family oriented man and kind of sounds like you're listing things that I talked about. Actually, I didn't talk about it. But if you check out the book, His Needs, Her Needs, you'll know what I'm talking about here. And I recommended that about three or four episodes ago. Anyway, enough with the commercials. Let's get back to the show. I think one more too is, along with the dependability and reliability, is he affectionate and is he attentive to your needs? Looking at will he be in the future, like based on some of the things that take place while you're dating. So those are some of the things that I would say are important to a list when dating. All right, sounds, for a guy. sounds like a good list. Okay. Sounds a little bit better than... Oh, I thought of one. Sounds better than eight pack and six foot tall and wears nice cologne. So, okay. So well, what's the last thing you just thought of? So for me, I would say the other thing that was really important was being him being a man of faith. And what role does God play in his life? I would say that's probably the number one thing, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what religion you are. I mean, I know that takes a part of, you know, playing it too. But for me, that was a big factor in dating. Okay. So no atheists allowed. No agnostics allowed. Okay. All right, let's rewind a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I feel like when we were going down memory lane and talking about your journey to the ring, you just kind of brushed over that boyfriend stage and talked about you were engaged. So let's go back to the boyfriend stage. Like that was a piece of cake, right? Or did it require work? Or did you do anything different when you were being a girlfriend in this relationship as opposed to your other significant relationships or what? So <laughs> my other relationships, I'd call those puppy love. Aww. And... <laughs> I mean, not that I didn't learn anything from those, but I would say, again, going back to my initial things to do when dating, being intentional, being intentional and reciprocating, too, I think is important. So you just didn't take, 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 and he's trying to prove himself to you and he's doing everything and you're sitting there on your throne deeming his actions worthy or unworthy and you're just waiting on the next gift, waiting on the next date. It was a two-way street is what you're telling me? Absolutely. It's a two-way street. I think, I feel like I heard a saying about relationships aren't 50-50, they're 100-100. And so I think when you think of it that way, initially it doesn't start out with, you know, I don't believe that women should pursue men, that type of thing. Or, But I do think as you grow in a relationship or dating a guy, it's okay to plan dates, give gifts, do things, even the little things from giving compliments. So, yeah. Oh, okay, I see. So, relationships are 100 100. You're putting in almost as much as he is. Y'all are trying to fulfill each other's wants and desires. So, sounded like this was a match made and y'all just got hitched after like 6 or 7 months, right? No, I think it took us some time. 
but you build in a relationship you build trust then you build understanding and learning and getting to know each other so no oh, i see so so if you were advising a little nephew or niece i should say or a little cousin you would tell them how much time should they date somebody before they hit the road jack and don't come back no more no more no more when they are <laughs> dating a guy like how patient how much time should they give them or, uh, and then on the opposite end, how quickly, if everything's perfect, how quickly would you advise them to jump into marriage? Jumping into marriage, I would say you need to at least date exclusively for a year. Okay. But I would say one to two years to date. And especially the younger you are, I would say at least two years. Okay. So I feel like I say, and it also is age related, but... Two to five years is like the sweet spot. If you meet a boyfriend in college, then you need to be close to the five years because y'all are so young. Y'all are developing, changing and things of that nature. But mm -hmm. if you're 35 or 40, at, at the two year mark, if you don't have anything on the left hand, then you need to go ahead and open up your Tinder account, your uh, Bumble, you know what I'm saying? Your uh, Match, your POF, and go on ahead and move on with your life. What do you think about that? Uh, I agree with that. For the most part, I agree with that. With a few exceptions, okay. Yeah, there's I always exceptions. Yeah. Okay, all right, I, I can respect that. So, the engagement, you're engaged now. Are you having trouble holding up this left wrist of yours? I feel like this rock is so heavy that, Sometimes like... Sometimes I have to do finger curls to hold it. Yes. Like, you have to have a sling sometimes. It's <laughs> kind of ridiculous, I don't know. I'm just kidding. This kind of guy, I don't know. But he did a good job. It's ridiculous. He did a really good job. Mm. Looks like it's 1.2, 1.3 carrots or something. I don't know. It's enough for a whole little family of rabbits. <laughs> I know that. That's plenty of carrots. But uh, anyway, the engagement. Let's talk to me about the day you got engaged. How did it happen? Tell us the story. So the day I got engaged was my boyfriend's birthday. Mm. I'll say boyfriend because at the time he was. So I had planned a special dinner to take him out at a restaurant he really wanted to try. And so we got ready to go to the restaurant, got there. Lots of the employees at the restaurant came by and said, congratulations, happy birthday. Gave them pats on the back as they walked by the table. It's a pretty nice restaurant, so I just thought, oh, they're just helping me celebrate his special day. And as the night went on, we laughed, ate good food, and mm. just had great quality time together. And towards the end of the night, he got up and said he was going to the restroom. And when he went to the restroom, several waitresses came by with a series of cards, greeting cards, handwritten notes from him to the table, one after another. And the cards basically said, I'm tired of being your boyfriend. This is the last night I will be. And then the third and last card that came to the table said, please take these roses as a thank you for our time together. But before you go, please read the card in the bouquet of roses. Mm. And the bouquet of roses had a card and the card in the bouquet said, for each rose in this bouquet represents how many years I want to spend with you. So, like, he gave you a dozen roses or how many roses were in the bouquet? He gave me 48 roses. Wow. 48 more years. Woo! 
Y'all gonna be old and gray together, huh? That's right. So, how long was he in the bathroom? Was he doing number two or what? Did he ever come back? Sounds like a whole lot was going on here. And then he came out from around the corner and got on one knee and told me he didn't want to be my boyfriend anymore. He wanted to be my husband. Oh, and he cracked the ring open and... I cried. Wow. How did you feel? Like, it seems like maybe extreme of emotions or whatnot. You're reading cards that sounded like a breakup, and then all of a sudden you're getting proposed to. Like, what was going through your mind? I mean, as I read through the cards and got towards the end, knowing who he is, he's a little bit of a jokester. And so I was like, this is typical. This is him in true fashion. So I love him for that, just being who he is. And... Yeah, I think it really caught me by surprise because the night was about him. It was his birthday and I wanted him to enjoy himself and have a great night and us have a great night together. Also being like one of our date nights. And so I was totally caught off guard by the whole end of the night. So, but it was the best night of my life. Wow. I'm trying not to cry right now. Um, Yeah, crying doesn't work that well on on the (laughs) podcast. We don't have a video here, so. Yeah. No, it was just a very special moment in our lives together. The beginning of us starting our lives together and building our life together and the legacy that we will leave. I'm just so excited and happy for that. Uh, I see. So when you were a little girl, how long have you been waiting on this moment? Oh, <laughs> like I can't even since the Disney princess days, I guess you could say. I know it's a little cliche, but mm. I think every most women think about that special day and hope for it, dream of it secretly, probably plan some of the things about it in their head. So oh, I see. And then when the day came, you were ready to go, right? Like you had uh, been thinking about it forever and you already had a dress picked out in the venue and you just you pulled out a, a PowerPoint presentation at the dinner and you're like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Is that how it went? No, that's not how it went. Oh, no? <laughs> okay. I, that's not how it went. I enjoyed the evening and captured the moment with photos and we went home and called some of my closest friends or text some of my closest, well, not my closest friends, my sister and my mom. I text them mm. and told them and then could barely sleep because I was so excited to share it with the world. Wow. <laughs> wow. That sounds like an amazing story. Amazing story. I was getting goosebumps while you were telling it. Oh. Wow. And I, I don't get goosebumps. You know, I'm usually I'm too masculine for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, anyway, wow, wow. Happy ending to a happy story and a long journey. So... Do you think that you would have got to this stage of your life if you hadn't made any of those changes midstream to your dating mentality and philosophy? Maybe. I definitely think that the changes helped, but you don't know. I mean, you don't know. You can't. I need confidence in your answer. You're talking to the people. (laughs) Did the changes help or no? Probably so. I would say yes. You would say yes? Yes. Just like that night you got proposed to, you said yes. <laughs> Seems like that's your favorite word is yes. Interesting. <laughs> okay, interesting. So sometimes I get emails asking about my guests and what's their social media and can I talk to them and this or that? Can How do I get in contact with them? 
and things of that nature, but you're off the market. So I'm pretty sure, I guess, unless it's a young lady that wants to get mentored, you're not really trying to be entertaining any young men or anything like that. So I don't know, I guess, would you like to tell us who this guy is that proposed to you that is your fiance? Sure. He is the host of this great podcast. This one right here? You're talking about the What Is He Thinking podcast? You're talking about the authentic male perspective on dating and relationships. You're talking about that guy? I sure am. So you're telling us that you're going to be the future Miss Stevens? I sure am. Wow. Wow. Well, there you have it, folks. You have just been introduced to my fiance, Elizabeth, and we're getting married at the end of this summer. So I don't want you women to think that I'm just talking out my butt. And I'm just another guy with a love life that's down the toilet that's trying to tell women what to do now. I actually speak advice that works. It actually changes lives. It actually improves love lives and it gets you closer to the altar. And that's where you want to be, right? So anyway, we appreciate your time this evening, Miss Fiance. I mean, Miss Liz, future (laughs) Miss Liz X, because we're going to replace that X with Stevens pretty soon here. Do you have any last words for my audience before we get out of here? Well, I would just say don't give up. Don't give up and keep at it. And love can happen for anyone. And it's out there for us all. Sounds like you love love. I do. Wow. All right. There you have it. You have just heard the words of Liz Stevens. I am Alexander B. Stevens, the host of your favorite podcast, the What Is He Thinking podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And if you're listening to me on your favorite podcast hosting platform, go ahead and mosey on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. What is he thinking at gmail.com is my email address. If you want to be on the show, if you have any questions that you want me to answer, or if you have any commentary, go on ahead and send me an email and I'll get back with you. Anyway, Alexander B. Stevens, out. Well, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. Alexander B. thanks you for taking time out of your day to listen to what he has to say. Hopefully, you feel the information shared today has helped you get one step closer to understanding men and one step closer to the type of relationship you have always dreamed of. If this episode spoke to you or you indeed felt that it was helpful, please share it with your friends and followers on social media and text the link to the episode to your inner circle of friends. If you have a future topic suggestion or need any clarification about anything that was shared during this episode, feel free to email the show at whatizhethinking at gmail.com or follow and DM the show on Instagram at whatizhethinking underscore podcast. Be clear and concise with your message and Mr. Stevens will do his best to accommodate you. Once again, we appreciate you lending us a listening ear and we hope your tomorrow is better than your yesterday. Enjoy the rest of your week. The podcast that is here to help you win with men. Signing off. Until we speak again.